Hello, and welcome to Comic Book Decalogue, where we ask a different cartoonist the same ten questions each episode. My name is Greg Hunter, recording from a Comics Journal satellite lab in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Inez Estrada is this month's guest. Inez is based in Texas, originally from Mexico City. We talk about that shift a little bit, and she's the artist behind the works Lapsos and Cidaclismo 89. She's been running strips featuring her creation Ghost Girl on Vice.com as well. And you can read many of her comics on Inechi. That's I-N-E-C-H-I dot com, too. Her cartooning is funny, it's inventive, and it balances slice-of-life observation with the psychedelic in a very engaging way. We'll play that interview in just a sec, but first, it is the start of a new year, and with that comes a lot of new work from interesting people. So, we're introducing a new feature this episode. Throughout 2016, this podcast is going to give you 2016 reasons to get excited about comics. Joshua Cotter's got a new book out from Fanagraphics, Not Away. Cotter's 2008 book, Skyscrapers of the Midwest, is a moving, sometimes disturbing, utterly unique piece of cartooning. I strongly recommend it if you've never checked it out. And Not Away looks to have these qualities and near-future trappings as well. Mary Naomi released the great collection Dragon's Breath in 2014, and this year she's getting readers more compelling autobiographical comics with highly anticipated book-length memoir turning Japanese from 2D Cloud. Look for that this spring. Who stages action like Ben Sears? Nobody. The guy's got an unmistakable style. He drew a delightful action comic for the whole internet to see with The Gleaming Corridor, and now Koyama Press is putting out Night Air, a gadget-filled adventure story for young readers. Get it? Tanahasi Coates is writing Black Panther. America's foremost public intellectuals is on a Marvel book. Will Marvel editorial have the nerve to make him tie the story into a dumb crossover? Will they insist on a new first issue after 10 months? This could be amazing. This could be amazing. Bye. Cartoonist and full disclosure comics journal contributor Annie Mott is continuing her terrific contributions to places like Rookie and Hazlitt with a new sequential piece of Cadiz coming to Rookie later this year. Look out for that one too. For me, there's been no better serialized genre comic in the last few years than Profit by Brandon Graham Company. And they are bringing it to a close in 2016 with Profit Earth War. Good, weird, and with a cast of hundreds. Can't wait. All right, that is six entries to start us off. We'll have 2,000 or so more in the episodes to come. But before that, here are 10 questions with Inez Estrada. Well, let me, I'll ask you the first question. Sure. Question number one. What's the last comic you finished reading? Uh, <laughs> oh, well, actually, just last night, I read Cricket 3 and 4 from Sammy Harkham. Uh-huh. Because I just met him at this residency I'm doing in MCAD. We were here <laughs> in Minneapolis. And it was, like, I didn't, I wasn't familiar with his comics, actually. Like, I didn't. Like, I knew Kramer's Ergot, but not his his work, and it was pretty interesting, like, uh, it does give, like, a very grown feeling or sense of, like, the, there's, like, this real characters, you know, like, with their own, like, struggles, and mm-hmm. I like comics that are in really, like, a plot, like, oh, this is the problem, and then there comes the solution, you know, it's, and it's more, like, exploration of environments and scenes and, and feelings and like and just like having this like very subjective that you, you just keep 
keep on thinking after reading the com the comic like wait so like what was really going on there like mm -hmm. so I like that about about crickets so that's the last comic I read <laughs> yeah, that number four is so good I thought yeah I mean you're totally right that you feel like each character you run into in that book has his or her own problems their own like inner life but they're also yeah. this small parts of this huge world that yeah. stretches out way beyond that comic. Yeah, for sure. Question number two. What cartoonist doesn't get enough praise? Contemporary cartoonists or like from old times? Either, either or. Oh, uh, okay. Well, I don't, I don't really think about popularity of people. I don't know, like, I just think about things that I like, but I guess... I'm very into manga, which I'm really, like, now it's, like, getting, you know, like, more exposure. Like, when picture books did, did these books, and they're, like, so nicely printed, of Tezuka and this other guy, I can't remember, and they look really nice. Like, there's this guy also that made this one, Tank Tankuro, and I don't remember... <laughs> Well, this is not very informative. I don't remember exactly who put out this book, but it's, like, such a beautiful edition. And I just really... Yeah, I like this, like... When, when they pick up, like, older stuff and just, like, give, like, nicer editions to you. And I think there's so, so many... I also like a lot, like, Finnish comics people, like uh, Amanda Bahamaki. She's, like, not very... Like, I don't think her stuff has been translated in English. Well, she's been published by the guys from Kush, and I think those are her comics in English. But she's great. She makes like this. It's like what we were saying about Sammy. Like characters are just like very real, but they're from this context that is so different to to mm -hmm. mine, like Finland. Well, what language did you first see her comics in? Well, Finnish. In Finnish. Yeah. Uh, there's this. Uh, there's a newspaper that is called Kuti Kuti. And they, it's like a sort of like smoke signal, but like from Finland, it's like a free newspaper. Mm -hmm. And that uh, I have a friend from Finland, and she would send me the newspapers, and that's how I found out about her and this other guy, Rope Eronen, that draws like animals. So I, I really like this the the whole like Finnish scene. There's like very like interesting things that are just like very local, which I guess happens a lot in, in Europe and in Japan. It's just like you know like the scenes. Don't sometimes the humor doesn't translate yeah. as well, or or it's just kind of different. So people here don't aren't so interested in that. But yeah, I don't know. Was it hard to leave the scene behind in Mexico City, or was it not as as well, lively as you not, wanted it to be? Yeah, there's not really like a scene. So I guess it was more 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 about like it was hard leaving my friends, mm -hmm. but. Yeah, I didn't really feel like I had like a like a healthy like community of cartoonists that we would, you know, like it was just like I have the, this friend that Abraham Diaz and Apollo Cacho. I think those are pretty much my two only like cartooning friends. And then I know other people from Mexico that aren't from Mexico City, like this guy Mo, but he lives like very far in Monterrey. So it was more like. Yeah, I guess I miss other things from Mexico, not really comics. <laughs> Question number three is, what's the most widely loved comic you can't connect with? Ugh, well, there's a lot of them. <laughs> uh, 
I'm, I don't know. I guess the first thing right now is coming to my mind would be like Scott Pilgrim. Is it, is wow, you were the second person to say oh, yeah? Scott Pilgrim, yeah. Well, it's just like very popular. Like, so I guess that's like because it's like it's sort of in the breach of like alternative and mainstream. Mm-hmm. So because I would say like all the superhero comics, like I don't relate to any of them at all. But I don't. There's not like one that I think specifically like that one. You know that is sure. Like, that was like very like. And I actually do like the drawing style. Like it's, I think it's the the drawings are really good. But I've tried like I read like one volume or something, and I was just like, oh, I don't I don't care about this. Yeah, I don't know. I don't care about like self deprecating nerds and <laughs> like entitled like man boy feelings. <laughs> like I guess I also I could also say that I don't like Dan Klaus, which. I mean, I also respect, like, his career, his technique, and, like, you know, like, whatever. Like, he's a sacred cow, but I do not relate to his work. Like, it's not, it's not for me. (laughs) Question number four. You can send one comic back in time to yourself at 14. Uh, Maybe the comic was around then and you just hadn't read it. Maybe it's a newer comic that you're you're taking advantage of the time stream to send back. Uh, but what what is that comic that would have really made an impression at 14 um, that you didn't see? Well, when I read last year This One Summer by Julian Tamaki, mm-hmm. I really liked that. But I, I just felt like this book is not for me because it's for, you know, it's for teenagers. Sure. It's like, it's really nicely drawn and it's like great story but I felt like I'm an adult now so I guess I would have enjoyed more if I was 15 <laughs> but, but I don't know because I like like fucking manga and like Naruto and shit like that so Death Note so maybe I would have been like eh, this is too corny I don't know yeah I guess that's the one that came to mind right now mm-hmm. I don't want to ask too many boring questions about publishers and translators but like in Mexico City were you mostly seeing like U.S. editions of Japanese manga, or were there no, I was just healthy Spanish language? No, there's nothing, and now there's there's a lot more. There's still not a lot of comics, but like uh, imported. I mean, there's there's Mexican comics, but like uh, I was just reading shit on the internet, like scanlations. Mm-hmm. So was it mostly like word of mouth that got you moving from like artist to artist within manga? I uh, well, I would like like, like not internet, see, internet. Yeah, word of mouth. it was just in the internet, like all night, like checking out forums and like seeing what people were reading. And but I like very like well, I obviously started with like very mainstream. Like I like like Clamp and stuff like that. Like and then I started finding like other like more. I don't know or like Akira. I really liked it. I still really like it. Yeah, that was more, like, my first approach to comics, I guess, manga. Like, I didn't read any of, like, the alternative cartoonists until I started coming to festivals here, and people would be, like, my friends would be lending me books or mm-hmm. whatever, and then I was like, oh, Charles Burns or Robert Crumb or whatever, like, but I didn't know that, like, when I started reading comics at all. I, I want to loop back to the the Dan Klaus thing a little bit not not, <laughs> yeah. not to not to talk about Klaus specifically but of uh like the US canon are what are the things you've seen there and said oh i get it that yeah. that works that clicks with me 
Well, I'm thinking right now about Mark Bell because he's also here. Mm-hmm. And when I read his comics, I thought they were like really fucking funny. And it was just like this like cartoony world. Like I I like the idea of like cartoon world as like something else. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I guess uh, I like Charles Burns. I think he's the only one of those like older cartoonists that I do find like something interesting or like that I I can like approach because I don't know I feel like so much of the cartooning tradition in North America is about like lonely self-deprecating guys that are just like talking about themselves what else I like uh, I guess I mostly like contemporary people I do like Robert Crumb even if he's also like a lonely self-deprecating pervert and misogynist (laughs) and whatever but he's great like he knows how to draw he can tell any fucking story like he uh, he's pretty great. Uh, question number five is, what's the change you'd like to see across comics? I don't know of a specific change, but I think comics are very broad. Like, it's, I think it's a, a medium that hasn't been explored, like, to its maximum extent. Mm-hmm. As with other things, like, for example, I love rock and roll and like punk from the 70s and stuff like that and and that that's like a medium that I feel like it's being like done and overdone yeah they they those explorers reached the yeah, the limits of that genre, yeah that, well that's what I think maybe I'm wrong but with comics I feel that there's so much that there's still like a lot of room to explore and I feel sometimes the approach uh, that people have is just like relying on things well that happens always you know like you rely on what already exists so that's like your starting point but i approach comics or like feel about them more that as if they were movies like i think they're like a movie like a zero budget movie you know Mm -hmm. you just need a pencil and paper and yeah so i feel like comics should be approached more as more than just comics, <laughs> if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Now, I, you might be the youngest cartoonist I've talked to so far for this podcast. We'll Probably. see. We'll see how well this this next question tracks. Uh, but question number six is: What's the closest you've come to quitting cartooning? Mm, yeah, haven't come to mm-hmm. <laughs> at all. <laughs> I mean, I do doubt myself, and I guess everyone has those moments. Where you're like, "What the fuck am I doing?" And like, this is, but at the same time, like, just my my earliest memories are just like I've been obsessed with cartoons. I just want to fucking like do cartoons. <laughs> so, yeah. All right, that question's on the chopping block. I, <laughs> I don't know if we're cutting it, but that question that question might not be long for this world. <laughs> question seven is. What's the best advice you've heard about making comics? Um, just do it. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> okay, alternately, question eight. What's the worst decision you've made as a cartoonist? I don't know. I don't like to think about things like that. <laughs> yeah, I... I I don't know. Not because everything I do is a good decision either. <laughs> I just try not to like give us the value to what I do in terms of good or wrong. Mm-hmm. Just like try to do it and then see what comes out of it. I don't know. 
Is there? Uh, I'll, I'll ask the flip side of that question. Yeah. Uh, what is there a comic you can point to as the thing you're happiest about in your your life as a cartoonist so far? I guess it's, well, probably everyone says it, but like the last thing I do is usually like mm-hmm. <laughs> what I'm happiest about. I really like trying to bring like a ambient or like creating like a space. Like I am definitely interested in the story, but like what makes me feel accomplished is like feeling that I'm getting across is like this whole environment about things and like this uh, last comic I did about Mexico City that's called Sindicalismo 89 mm-hmm. it's the, about the the apartment yeah. complex yeah in which I used to live so it's like based on my experience I mean it's not a autobiographic at all, at all but like the the whole environment is, is like based on a real space mm-hmm. so I wanted to bring that and like share it with people that you know, like, have no idea of this context, or, like, have never experienced this. And I think a lot of, well, I I received, like, very good uh, responses from that. Like, I got this guy from Denmark that he wrote me an email. Oh, wow. Yeah, and the email was just, like, he, he explained a comic to me, and it was, like, pretty much, like, what I tried to say with it, and it made me feel, like, very grateful. Like, I was, like, yeah, like, it, this is the, like, I'm, it got across, you know, like, this, I brought Mexico City to Denmark. That's in awesome. A book. <laughs> so that's pretty cool, yeah. Right, question number nine is, what do your parents think of your work? Um, <laughs> well, they, they are supportive, like, they, I, I think they like it to some extent, but they don't really read my comics or anything like I know my mom has almost all of them but I don't think she has ever read them she thinks my work is pornographic also which she has told me (laughs) (laughs) but yeah they're they're cool with it I mean do you come from a a conservative background no not at all no they're they're very like open-minded and I was brought up like uh, they're not even religious which is pretty weird is that rare, rare it's very rare so i had all this like kids in kindergarten telling me i was going to hell and shit like that so. <laughs> but yeah I'm like, no they're pretty open-minded but still like i think my stuff goes like a, like they're i mean they grew up in the 50s so like they have another uh-huh. conception of things right. question number 10 our last question is You've been assigned to write and illustrate Garfield, <laughs> but you can alter one aspect of the strip. So what do you change? Garfield is a homeless cat living <laughs> right. in an alley. He's, he, he loses all his, his, his privilege that he's not a spoiled cat anymore. <laughs> he has to face real life and face other starving cats. Mm-hmm. And we'll see. We'll see what happens. Okay, okay, follow-up question. Yeah. Do we see Garfield getting kicked out uh, by John Arbuckle, or is this all? Does it go unsaid why he's where he is? Is that something the Mm. reader has to fill in the blank? Yeah, I guess it would be more interesting to not be very explicit, but maybe throughout the story we could like build up like what happened. Sure, you see flashbacks there. Yeah, maybe (laughs) something like that. Some regrets there or something. Okay. All right. Well, let's end on that. 
Thank you so much. <laughs> okay, yeah, thanks to you.